This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is Stephen Scott back with you once again with another hour of technology talk. And to do that with me, I've got Sean Priest. Are you there, Sean? I am. I'm here. And it's nearly Christmas. I'm so excited. I know. Do you know, every time I sit down to do this show, I completely forget that Christmas is nearby. Um, And I I don't get as excited as you do about Christmas. I'll explain why in a second. I just want to also say, Tim Schwartz from Life After Blindness is here. Hello, Tim. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. Yeah, I'm excited for Christmas, although at the same time, I'm also ready for it to be over. So yeah, I that. totally understand oh, that. Yeah, yes. you're so aren't you? Bah humbug! No, What's it's, it's, I'm excited for it. I love Christmas, but when you have a seven year old, it, it's a little taxing as a parent. That's the best time. It you, is. You know, you know that Santa Claus takes care of it all, right? So it's fine. Yeah, he does all the heavy lifting, all the work, I guess. So yeah, there is that. <laughs> I've got a few shelves I could do with getting put up as well. If he's about um, <laughs> you're I, top of the naughty list, there's no way you're getting shelves up. <laughs> I don't think any of us will be getting much from Santa Claus this year based on the year we've had. Let me just say that. Um, so let's um, let's get into it this week. Lots to talk about. Um, an update on iOS 13 has dropped, which will hopefully fix some of the things that have irritated most of us about iOS 13 so far. Um, although apparently not, from what we're hearing. Uh, so we can look forward to that. Um, I'm going to moan about something later because I'm kind of annoyed about something. Wow. That's uh, a change. Yeah, that's never happened in this yeah, this history. never happens on the no. show. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, so I am going to be talking about something that really irritates me this week. Uh, and I, if it irritates you, then you'll understand. In fact, put it this way. If you've got a Surface Pro, keep listening, because you are going to find out uh, what I find so irritating about it. And a solution. I'm not just moaning about it. I found a solution. Why, wow, that is a change. Okay, yes. well done. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm turning a new leaf for 2020. Uh, and uh, Sean's going to talk about something he did this week. Uh, for once, it didn't involve food or falling. Uh, this is about a new app uh, for uh, Twitter, which you're going to talk about, which you're using with your Apple Watch. Uh, did you actually do the research on this, Sean? How dare you? I'm the one that suggested this. An actual app for the Apple Watch, which could be useful. It's like Yeah, yeah, M's I hear all teeth. that, but my question is, you're turning into a politician, my question is, <laughs> did you do the research? I know what you said, yes. but did you do the research? So as they say in the hearings, it's a yes or no question, <laughs> Mr. Priest. <laughs> yes okay, or no answer. Okay, grill me. Yes, I've done the research, kind of. Right, okay. Exactly. I have a feeling expected. I might have done more research on this app than you did, but we shall see. Yeah, even, Ooh, and even okay. I have probably done more research, and that's saying a lot. Mm. Um, right, let's move on. We will see, won't we, later on? <laughs> Hang on, guys. What's that sound? Oh, remember that? <gasps> oh, Nostalgia. Wow. Oh, I miss mm. those days. The good old days. I must say, I was more of an XP man, if I'm honest. I went into the XP. Uh, I would. Re- I refused to upgrade to Windows 7 because I loved <sighs> Windows XP so much. Uh, but then I eventually made the leap. And that's what we're telling people to do today because Windows 7 support is ending in January. It's time to move on, guys. How many tweets, how many Facebook messages have we all seen, we've all replied to, over the last couple of weeks, from people saying, "Oh, I'm hearing that Windows Seven support is ending. You know, what will I do? Uh, you know, w- what is this mystical world that is Windows Ten? Do you know what it is? It's the place you need to go. You have to go there now. Um, Ooh, that's a little bit harsh. No, Stephen. you do. Just, just stop this nonsense. Get upgrading. Oh dear, it's Christmas. You can't say that. Yes, I agree. Well, he he can, and he did, and, he did yeah. <laughs> and it's true because. Uh, yeah, it's going to end in January anyway, the support that is for it. So you kind of have no choice. Not like you want to go mm. to Windows 8.1. I mean, that that would just be ridiculous. Oh, you know? That yes. would be insane. That I mean, would be ridiculous. Yeah. Utterly ridiculous. Well, if you were somebody who, like us, held on to XP for so long because it was so nice, or if you were a person who liked Windows 7 because it was kind of the, you know, the next Windows that was that stable like XP and it was so good, Windows 10, in my opinion, is is 
comparable to that. I, I don't have any issues with Windows 10. I like it as much as I did XP or 7. So if someone's concerned, I, I don't think they should have any concerns. I think it's it's a good time to upgrade. I think that the, the issue that I faced with Windows 10 in the initial months, I think it was really, uh, was that horrible start menu that Windows 8 had, uh, where it would sort of take over the whole screen. You couldn't do much with it. Um, I mean, for for JAWS users, it was a bit different because you would still hit the Windows key. You would type in, as I do, tend to type in a few letters of an application. It pops up and you hit enter and you're into the application. And then that start menu had gone away. But if you're partially sighted and you were using the start menu, first of all, if you could find the button to get to the start menu, that was fun. <laughs> Shutting down a computer on Windows 8 was hilarious. Oh, it was terrible. It was hidden. Um, mm-hmm. You had to sort of hover your mouse all over the place. It was just utter nonsense. I don't know Let me just stop you at. there, because you keep saying start menu, and it was the start screen. Start screen, that's right. The entire screen, and yeah, it just didn't work very well. And I think you're absolutely right. Windows 10 does have that baggage of it's a different start menu, it's a, a tile-based system, the whole Windows store Debarkle well, yeah, well, is no, a disgrace. Not, I'm, I'm not saying that. I mean, yes, you're right. It does. It, I know you're saying that, and you're and you are right to say that. That's not what I'm saying, though. We're all kind of agreeing and disagreeing. This is ridiculous. Um, but actually, <laughs> um, you know, what I'm suggesting is that yes, the start menu is different, but it's not the start screen, um, and it actually isn't massively different. The only thing I find annoying about it is when I go into my start menu on Windows 10, I have to sort of shift tab back to my application list, and then you know, get down, arrow down to the power button or whatever it is I'm looking for. Um, but like I say, for me, I tend to just hit the, the Windows key, type in a few letters if it's JAWS I'm trying to start up because it's crashed again, or <laughs> if it's Word, or if it's Adobe Edition from e- editing or whatever. You know, I just go in, I just type in a few letters, and it says, you know, Adobe Edition 3.0, and then I hit enter, and I'm in. Yes, I use version 3.0. Shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the point. It, it's not... That bad, and in terms of the rest of the layout of the system, it's actually pretty um, familiar. I would say, don't you agree, Tim? Yeah, I would agree. It's it's familiar. It's easy to navigate. Whether you're using, you know, if you have some low vision that you can use, or if you're using a screen reader, I have found it to be fairly easy to use. And and I was because I was one of those that was very nervous to get into Windows 10. Heard all these different things about navigation and what to find yeah. and where to find and all that. And even using JAWS, I was still just very nervous. But like you were describing, being able to search for something you know, in the box there or getting in the start menu, navigating different things, it's really not that bad at all. And that's why I said it's stable and it's easy to navigate. It Obviously, it feels different than XP or 7, but that's just progress. That's just upgrading. Uh, but, does it, though? I don't think it does feel different. Well, in some ways, some of the menus might feel a little different, but you're right. For the most part, overall, it it really doesn't feel that different, especially if you are using a screen reader. I don't think that it really feels all that different uh, at all. Now, visually, it may seem a little different, but yeah, with with JAWS, I don't feel like it's all that different from using 7. And like I said before, if you like the stability of uh, of XP, like the stability Mm. of 7, 10, I think, is is on par with that. And it's a thousand times better. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say on par or better. Yeah. No, yeah. Of course it is, yeah. But sh- and it should be. I mean, you know, if Windows 10 was as bad as Windows 8, uh, then you know, we'd all have Macs, which, of course, would be just the sensible <laughs> approach, really. Uh, but, yeah, so, so the support is ending. Just to be clear what that means, um, you know, so it's still you can still use it. If you really want to use it, you can. Uh, but, of course, you're not going to get any more Windows updates, which could be a problem. You could find yourself in a position where you are more likely to get a virus. Uh, you know, the, the hackers might turn their attention on Windows 7 machines. Now, you tend to find these machines still exist in businesses, which is the big problem. And that's why you don't really want to be staying with it, because if it is attacked, then your machine is also vulnerable. You really want to make sure that you are on the very latest uh operating system you really should i mean and obviously we always say the same thing whenever anything new comes out give it a few months but you know it's been years now come on it's time <laughs> yes. to move on they gave it away for nothing for a long time and in some ways you can still get it that way although legally you can't i don't know the legal situation in this to no, be honest. I'm, I'm a gray it's so, area it's on so that one. murky <laughs> because yeah. because of course they had the disability option you know if you're disabled you tick a box and then you could download and get the update and and apparently you can still do that, even though Microsoft have said, no, you can't. Uh, but 
unofficially, there's a lot of kind of winks and nods, which doesn't help a blind person. Um, <laughs> but they, there's a lot of winks and nods going on saying, uh, yeah, well, you kind of know you can't, but, you know, if you want to, mm-hmm. It's very confusing. But, uh, you know, get in touch with Microsoft support, plead the case, and you should be able to get a free upgrade, I think. Uh, and we, uh, we should all get free upgrades. I mean, to be honest, the idea of paying for an operating system now just seems ridiculous, considering you wouldn't pay for an iOS update. or and you, I mean, I know you used to pay for the Mac updates for the, the, the Mac, the system updates, yeah. but you don't do that anymore. Um, you know, so it's ridiculous that you even have to pay for it. Uh, but, you know, the point is, if you even if you do, um, or you think maybe you need a new computer, of course you'll get Windows 10 on that. It's probably time. That's what we're saying. It's time to move on, guys. Get a yes, grip and Embrace move on. it. There is nothing to be frightened embrace of. It is, from an accessibility point of view, you know, as we've all said that using a screen reader you probably won't notice a huge difference and it's it's quite easy to get into it's very stable all your most of your old apps should work unless you've got a really old one so yeah i think it is time then don't be afraid of it yeah i'd be more afraid of the hackers that are trying to get into your windows 7 yeah, machine than i would upgrading absolutely. the windows 10 yeah. the that that would be my bigger concern and actually a point about applications um, is a good one because a lot of the applications will work and also it works well on old hardware. This is why I, I, I do like Windows for this. Yes. You can have a really old computer and it'll still run Windows 10. And of course again, the blind angle on this is if you're not interested in gaming or fancy graphics um, and you just want JAWS to work, you're probably going to find that your old machine, if it's working on Windows 7 well and you're happy with it, will probably work fine with Windows 10. Um, if yeah, you're only like sending it. a few emails or you know checking a few websites, it's not going to be... In fact, if anything, it'll be better because more will be supported. You know, last year they brought out the Commodore 64 Mini. I just saw that they're bringing out a full-size Commodore 64. So if you're that wow. concerned, just go buy a <laughs> Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah, Sinclair Spectrum, anybody? Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I had that, an Acorn Electron when I was a kid, which is, geez. you know, I, I don't even know if anybody even knows what that is anymore. Um, it was the oldest and uh, most ridiculous computer, which you can do very much on. Um, a bit like a Chromebook. I'm only kidding. It's just Ooh, a joke. Wow. It's just a joke. It's Christmas time. It's time for a joke. Um, <laughs> right, listen, before uh, before we move on, because, I, well, actually, let's move on, because I want to talk about that very thing about security. Um Windows 7, of course, uh, losing that support will be an issue for those who are concerned about security. Um, but even if you've got Windows 10, even if you've got all the very latest software or all the latest updates, Windows Defender, for example, for your antivirus or whatever it is you might use, even if you're very careful online, um, you know, you can still face scams. You can still face challenges, as Tim knows only too well, don't you? <sighs> yes, I do know only too well. And thankfully, I've read enough and heard enough about these types of scams over the years that I saw some of the early signs and I let it kind of play itself out to see what was going on. But yes, I was recently involved or almost involved in what could have been a very horrible situation for me. So when I say beware of hackers and scammers, I can tell you from experience. So yeah, um, like many people, I have a LinkedIn profile. I know, uh, Stephen, you do. I don't think you do, Sean, but... Um, no. No. no, no <laughs> what no. would he do with LinkedIn? No, what exactly. would he do with LinkedIn? Which, by the way, on a side note, my LinkedIn reminded me that this week was a certain person's birthday, Mr. Scott. Right, that's that. That, is, that subscription is cancelled. Oh, okay. Well, then we won't no. mention that, I guess. Was it? That's what my LinkedIn no. said. It's Facebook wouldn't oh. confirm or deny. Someone kept Fake that news. secret. Hmm. Well, not enough. <laughs> Well, if it was, happy birthday. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on then. But uh, no, on my LinkedIn profile, I was contacted by a gentleman uh, saying that he was part of an e-commerce website that and business that had just formed in the last couple of years, said that he had actually uh, formerly worked with Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati, Ohio, which I'm, I'm from and familiar with you know, the company in that area. And he had joined forces with this other guy who had been with Procter & Gamble to create a online security firm or, you know, basically an e-commerce uh, company where they would help you build your social media presence, help you with privacy and security, uh, ironically enough, um, <laughs> teach you how to better market and sell your product online. And he offered me a position after we, we did some back and forth on, uh, on LinkedIn. 
And it sounded great, possibly too good to be true, but I was interested. Uh, it was just going to be a few days a week, no more than maybe 10 hours, 7 to 10 hours a week as a, a basically a virtual assistant to this guy uh, to do you know appointments and scheduling and things like that. You would like be that. Lady A. Be I would be Lady A. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, lady T. Like basic schedule. <laughs> yeah, Lady T. Wait, what? No. But uh, but these scheduling meetings and appointments and calendar stuff and all that kind of basic thing. And he sent out this email and he said, you know, based on your resume and your 10 years of experience working in customer service at the government, which that should have been his first clue not to mess with me, um, and your other experience, Oof. I think you'd be a great fit for this. And we we were good. Now, when it came time to talking with him, it was all text or email. He refused. He said he wanted to do a Skype call, refused to do a Skype call after he said it at first, said, nope, we don't need to do that. Your resume speaks for itself. I, I want to hire you. We have a start date. Let's go. Here's where it gets tricky. Some of his emails, some of the spellings and, and grammar uh, weren't all that great, but that's not necessarily a, a big flag. But it wasn't me. Yeah, well, yeah, well, if it had been you, yes. But um, but he said, okay, so to start this position, you're going to need a printer, a secure you know, printer, although in his writing he called it a security printer, which I think he meant secure printer, so that was a flag, um, and some other basic things, a VoIP, V-O-I-P you know, system, and some other things to do the job. And instead of saying, well, let me purchase them or send them to you from our company, he said, I'm going to send you a check for $2,950. 400 of that or whatever would be your first week's pay. The rest of it is money that you'll need to spend to purchase all the equipment and software that you'll need. When you get the check, let me know. And, show, and he wanted to see a copy of the receipt that I deposited to the bank. Uh, when I said that I would take it in person, he's like, well, you know, you can do that in an ATM or you can scan it with the app on your phone. You don't have to take it in. He was very adamant about that. Um, so of course I took it to the bank that it was issued from. They looked at the check and immediately they said, well, that's counterfeit because it didn't have proper markings. It didn't have a watermark. The you know phone number of the bank wasn't on there and it should have been the colors of the check for that bank weren't the same or weren't correct. They looked up the account and the account did exist, but they believed that the account probably had been hacked or stolen from this guy. Possibly it was, um, you know, some identity theft. And he still wanted me to spend this money. He said, you know what? I'll send you a link to our distributor. You go in and buy all the equipment with the check that I sent you. And then we'll send you the, the equipment. So clearly the problem here is obviously he's wanting me to spend money that he sent to me, money that really didn't exist. That check was never written off that account properly or officially. It was fake money. If it had cleared my account or even while it was clearing my account, he was hoping that I would go in to this link that he was sending me buy the supposed equipment and he got money that was fake to begin with. He would get $2,500 off this check. And I did some research and I found out if I had actually done that, I would have been found liable uh, under federal laws and I could have gone to prison for money laundering, even though he was the one that did it. And that's why this week you're presenting the show from San Quentin Jail. Is that right? <laughs> Tim Shawshank Schwartz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am currently in Sing Sing, Sing Sing. Yes. But no, thankfully, because of some of the spelling and grammar issues, because of the fact that he's being so adamant about me not going into the bank, he wants me to send him a copy of the receipt. I actually lied to him at one point and said, so I I'd sent you an email this morning with a copy of the receipt. I just wanted to see if you received it because I hadn't heard from you today, which I, of course, did not do that. And he sent me a message and said, oh, I, I must not have seen that, but that's great. Let me, you know, whatever, you know, let me do something on my end and uh, I'll send you the link to get the equipment from the distributor. Well, I was able to lie to him and he was so eager to, to have me send him this money. He didn't even care that it didn't really come through. He, he took my word for it on that because he didn't really care. Obviously, he just wanted me to send him this money from his fake cashier's check so he can make an easy $2,500 uh, thinking I was an easy mark. And thankfully that didn't happen. My wife and I did some research. She used to be in the legal field. So we looked up uh, the company itself. It was registered with the Better Business Bureau here in America. Their website looks fantastic. It's, it looks very legitimate. They have a Facebook page and a Twitter presence where they send out articles saying, hey, top five ways to sell things better on Amazon or top this or that or screw you know, people over. 
Yeah, welcome to <laughs> welcome to our company, so and so, who we just hired last week in this position. Those people don't really probably exist. They were fake. We actually saw in there where if you go back a certain amount of months on their Facebook, where they're welcoming people to the company, there was a couple repeated names in there. So you know, earlier this year it was they were welcome to the company, and then just about a month ago they were welcome to the company. So they were regurgitating names, hoping people just didn't notice. Um, so it, it looked completely legit. I actually talked to you, Sean. I remember at one point I was so excited about this. It was, sounded like a great opportunity. Yeah. And shortly after that, I started to realize something's not right with this. He doesn't want to talk to me on the phone. He doesn't want me to hear his voice. You know, it looks legitimate. It, it, everything's set up to be legitimate. It sounds great, but just too many oddities that were happening here. And I did find wasn't the final straw, but it was one more thing to add to the list. The phone number at the top of their website. If you call the phone number, it has an automated message telling you that you have won a $100 Walmart gift card. Press one to accept your offer now. And you press yeah. one and it sends you to a call center where someone uh, in, I'll just say broken English tries to get information from you to uh, have you supposedly win this gift card. So but you, you said something yeah. interesting to me after all of this, you said that yeah. you felt that it was too good to be true. And I think that's one of those phrases we tend to use a lot, don't we, when we, we get opportunities. And we, we will say to other people, mm, sounds a bit too good to be true. But when you're getting offered something which yes. is appealing to you, uh, you think, actually, do you know what? I, I, I could really make a go of this. This could be good. You start to think about all the good things. And then, of course, you learn the reality that it's, it's all a scam. Um, I, I mean, the thing is, for, for you... I guess the question is, I mean, you're a smart guy. So, you know, you were, for a, a, a little while anyway, tricked by this. You were kind of really thinking yes. this is this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, do you think, because I'm just interested in what you said there about, you know, listening to the, the language he used and how he said things. Because you were able to decipher his spelling, his, uh, you know, his words perhaps more closely because of a, something like a screen reader, do you think that maybe helped you uncover the scam a little bit more quickly you know it was almost as if your your blindness was actually a benefit in that occasion i'm just wondering i think that's possible because somebody else could have seen you know security printer well they would have probably just seen it for what they would have thought it would have said which would have been maybe secure printer that's and right, yeah. i heard the word security with jaws and I was like, maybe that was a typo, but really this guy's the COO or whatever of this company. And I would hope that this will be better than that. And some of the wording in the, in, you know, in the actual body of the emails he would send me was just kind of weird, but yeah, it was, it, it was a real frustrating, but uh, pardon the pun, eye opening thing for me because I was taken in by this. I was so excited. Sean can tell you when I first heard about it, it was the one of the weeks that I think he and I were doing the show without you. I, I think you were sick that week, Stephen, and we were talking about it after we, we did the show and I just found out about this. And then it wasn't, a, but a few days later, a week later that I was already dealing with the possibility that it was fake. And so it was just this major letdown because I was excited. I was taken in by it. The, so was I, I nearly signed up. Yeah, really. You, you were excited too. Well, because it was I'm so everything glad, I I'm would... so glad he didn't get the message. He didn't cash in that check. He would be in San Quentin. He right would now. have been, yes. But no, it was it was the the idea of I can work from home and it's really good money and it's flexible hours and it's all things that I can do that I know I'm competent at being able to do. And it had all this information and all the basically all the check boxes were checked, all the bases were covered. They were very, very comprehensive with this scam having this great website and and signing up with the better business bureau like i said and facebook and twitter and linkedin mm -hmm. and all these fake employees that they have on linkedin i went and looked up the company and there's like 20 other employees that are listed on linkedin that i'm sure are not real people but okay um, hang on hang on before we go any further into this the question yeah. i think everybody's probably wondering is did you lose any money did you lose anything out of this have you got out of this one scot-free if you like Thankfully, I did not lose any money because not only did I find the grammar and spelling issues weird, that was just more of a, hmm, okay, that's odd, kind of an eyebrow raise. You know, this is weird, but I'll, I'll let that go. But then it was, okay, I'm going to send you money and you're going to buy all this equipment before day one. 
I'm like, well, that's weird. I don't think that that's how a company should do things, but okay, if he says so. And that was partially me wanting it to be true and maybe not acknowledging the truth yet or acknowledging what was going on, even though it was still kind of another eyebrow raise. But as things went on and I talked to this guy in text and uh, you know, we had some back and forth and then the check came, that was pretty much the, the final, you know, okay, this is not right. Something is wrong here. And that's why we, of course, went to the bank. I mean, I actually did attempt to scan it with my bank, my personal bank's mobile app, because you can, of course, scan checks nowadays and they'll deposit it to your account. Who has there was a check? A- I haven't seen a check in 20 well, years. That was, that was the big thing. That he sent us a cashier's check. So I thought that was kind of odd in and of itself. The fact that he wanted me to purchase the equipment with this yeah. check that he gave no. me. So not, yeah, in business, though, that makes sense. I, I it, understand somehow that. in business, Ooh. that could make sense. But at the same no. time, I have heard of scams where they do that, where they'll say, well, here's the check. You buy this and then, you know, you can use it and whatever. And the check was fake and the money wasn't ever real, but the bank still allowed you to use it while it was being processed for 48 hours or seven days or whatever the time frame was. And that's what he was counting on. The key thing is you got out of it okay, um, and I didn't make any money on that scam, which is really annoying. I'm only (laughs) Um, But no, look, I'm glad it worked out because, you know, that is terrifying when you go down these roads. And how many stories have we heard of people who've lost life savings? I remember a, a scam here in the U.K., where someone managed to get essentially the entire pension of someone, um, you know, out of them over a phone. I mean, I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah. But they managed. I've it. seen that when I it's worked at the horrible. government for those ten years. That's sometimes the calls that we would receive is people that have been scammed. People call these elderly people getting uh, benefits from the government and scam them out of their check or scam them out of benefits. Heartbreaking. I've seen things yeah. online where they'll say, go to the store and get a Walmart gift card or a, a whatever gift card and give an, or iTunes or a- Android gift card and give us the code number off the back so we can get the money and we'll pay you this or that in cash, but get the card. No, if you ever have any of that question, it. if you are asked to get a gift card, to give them information from it, or a cashier's check, anything like that, do not just do it. That That is the big lesson learned here. We are going to talk about um, Chirp, which is the Twitter app for your Apple Watch that Sean's been uh, trying out this week. Although I think, in fairness, Tim and I have probably done more work on it than he has. Stop we'll find out about that. <laughs> and uh, by the way, the, the uh, Surface Pro... Uh, computer. I'm annoyed with it, and I'll tell you why in a moment. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. Yes, this is Double Tap Canada, and I'm annoyed this week. I'm annoyed. Hooray! Yeah, I don't care if it's Christmas. <laughs> I'm annoyed. Go on. So here, I get one of these Surface Pros, right? Not on a deal, not on a Black Friday or anything. I managed to get this uh, from a second-hand store. And, uh, you know, I was quite impressed. I actually thought it was quite a nice form factor, even though I wasn't overly keen on the Surface Pro style. And it wasn't really what I was looking for, but I'd gone into the store looking for a computer, just something I could do some basic work on. Uh, powerful enough to run JAWS, obviously. Um, so it's got an Intel Core i5 processor, which is kind of median of, nice. of the processors. Always go Intel, uh, or Intel Core, I should say, um, and preferably um, i5 or, or i3, I suppose. Don't touch Celeron. Terrible. I don't even know why they bother. It's just a waste of time and money. It is. Yeah, if you actually want to accomplish something, yeah, don't don't go Celeron. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but AMD chips have now come out with something that blows Intel out of the water, but that's Fake news. Geeky. Not interested. All right. Uh, okay. So, uh, yes, but anyway, it's got an i5 <laughs> processor in it, and it's got uh, 8 gig of RAM. That was a bit concerning at first, because every time I hear about JAWS and computers, it tends to be recommended you get 16. But anyway, it's got 8 in it. And it's got 256 gig solid state hard drive. So it's fine, right? Decent machine. And it's actually okay. It's not as fast as I'd like, but you know, you can't have everything in life. So, okay, fine. So I'm, I'm, I've got JAWS installed. I'm all excited. I'm all ready to go. And I get to a website. I open up Google Chrome and I go to the, and I think, right, okay, what I need to do now is insert F7. Insert. Where's the insert key? So instead of tapping away every single key and then turning on scroll lock and whatever page lock does, um, I thought, right, what I'll do is I'll get onto Be My Eyes 
and uh, I'll uh, ask them, where's the insert key? So this lovely lady spends about five minutes with me poring over every key on this keyboard, and she says, look, everywhere I look, I cannot see an insert key. Ah, turns out it doesn't have one, that's why. Uh, the Surface Pro keyboard that it comes with, which is kind of like a fabric keyboard, um, you know, it's supposed to feel nice under your hands, Ew. whatever. Anyway, uh, it's um, it doesn't have an insert key. Now, for JAWS users, uh, Tim, you'll, ap- you'll appreciate this. That's a yes. bit awkward. It is a bit, a awkward. bit awkward. It's a lot awkward. I don't like it. Well, and this yeah. keyboard doesn't have the number pad either, so you couldn't even use an insert, like a number zero for an insert either, right? No, that's right. And the only thing I could do was, uh, <laughs> and I have to say, uh, I'm going to give you all a piece of advice here. Feel free to use it, but what I would say is don't Google this at work um, because you have to download a piece of software. <laughs> Sean always worries when I say this. Um, but you have to download a piece of software, uh, and it's called uh, Randy Keymapper. I'm not making that up. Uh, it's a fully accessible keymapper program that lets you um, essentially down, uh, change your keyboard. You know, if you wanted to change one key, swap one for another. Uh, you know, you might want to do it in the situation where it doesn't have an insert key and you want to create an insert key. So I used what's called the tilde key. I have no idea what a tilde is. Oh, uh, come on, you do. I thought it was a character in Coronation Street, but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, I don't think it is. Um, maybe that was someone else. But yes, uh, tilde, I don't know what it is. What is a tilde? It's a funny squiggle, using the technical term. It's a funny the squiggle. funny squiggle character. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for that, yeah. This is one that passed me by, and clearly I'm now beyond all hope of ever seeing. Um, I don't miss it. There, I've said it. Sorry, Tilda, but I don't care about you. So I switched it out for an insert key, and then I hated where it was, and I just wanted to rip the keyboard to bits. So then what I did is I looked up alternative keyboards for the Surface Pro, ones that actually work with it, so connect up. Uh, And there is one out there by a company called Moko, M-O-K-O, and it's only 40 quid uh, in the UK anyway, so what, $60 or so? Um, compared to almost double, if not almost triple, the same for the Microsoft version. Ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, I got that, and uh, it does have an insert key. That's why I bought it. Uh, it's got an insert key. It uh, even has the applications key, which is really important as well. If you if you use JAWS, that's the, your right-click almost. Um so, yeah, a really nice key. So if you are thinking about getting a Surface Pro or you've just got used to life with the um, caps lock key as your modifier, yes. then... Great. Um, <laughs> no, waste of time. Terrible. Best way. Or you've changed tilde for something, then uh, you can have an alternative now. You can get these keyboards. So I just wanted to say that. So I, I know this is a bit of a niche within a niche, if I'm honest, but if you've got a Surface Pro <laughs> and that drives you up the wall... Then there's a solution to it. There, that's your public service. Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas to 0.5% of our audience. Yeah. <laughs> as, as much as that? Yeah, really. I'm waiting Wait, for all the emails to come in pointing out that there is an insert key hidden away on that keyboard somewhere, and you've no. just missed it. It's not even under function. No, his, his person at Be My Eyes missed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you on that keyboard will be an insert key. No, it's not. And I even contacted, uh... wait for this, because you, you, you'll like this one. I contacted okay. Microsoft support through Be My Eyes as well. And I said, look, guys, oh, yeah, got this computer. Point. This is terrible. And uh, I said, there's no insert key. Starting off well there, Stephen. Well done. Charm yeah, as ever. This is awful. <laughs> I want this fixed. And uh, they apologized and said, we will send uh, information to the people who make the keyboards so that the next iteration does have an insert key. No, so fake there you go. news. So I've, I've changed Microsoft's world. It's there. Rocked I their don't boat. believe they don't have an insert key. I'm sorry, I refuse to believe it. All right, well, I'm not using that keyboard now, right? So I'm going to send that keyboard to you, and if you can yes. find it, well, good what luck will you to give you. me if I find it? Uh, <laughs> because I will. Well, he's nothing, not using I'll, it, I'll, so you can use it. I will it, pry I that key off but, yeah, and but, hammer an insert key onto it. <laughs> I'll just want the keyboard back if you get it working. That's all I'm going to want. Uh, anyway, so that's that's my life this week. Yeah, you can tell what geeks get up to during the week, can't you? Um, everyone else is Christmas shopping, and I'm trying to find an insert key on a keyboard with no luck. Um, stupidest computer in the world. Uh, so, yes, um, I, I'm loving my Surface Pro. I was going to say, was so. that a review? I mean, how's the Surface Pro itself? That's all right. Yeah, really? Oh, good. Okay. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> 
mean, it is. It's just okay, right? It's not the world's fastest machine, but then if I bought a higher spec one, then yes, it would be better. Um, I do think 16 gig RAM makes a difference when it comes to JAWS. Uh, 8 gig doesn't seem to be enough. Um, I've got a machine I use at work, which is a, got 16 gig, and it's much faster. But unfortunately, it's about double the size because it's made by a company called Lenovo that only makes big computers. I don't want big computers. I want small, portable, and uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that. Oh, come on. Get yourself a laptop. A, a, a Surface Pro, from a form factor, a design point of view, is just a heavy tablet. It's not heavy. It's not heavy at all. Oh, come on. Why it's a big an iPad Pro and be oh, done with it. He's got one. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said that. <laughs> he already has an iPad Pro. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, don't get me started. Oh. Um, I just cannot get to grips with that at all as a computer. Not as a computer. Um, I just cannot get to grips with it with voiceover. Yeah. So. Okay. <sighs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Right, okay. So let's talk about um, something else because we've got some news, actually. Well, I'll say news. Um, seeing AI <laughs> is news, I suppose. Seeing AI now supports five languages. Woohoo! Now, come on, that is big Hooray. news. It, you know, for uh, uh, well, of course it is. I mean, we're all very oh yes, English speaking. It's great, and it's been great no, for no, a no, long no, time. That's not my issue. Well, that's what's your issue? issue? Only five. I thought oh, it was more than five. Oh, wow. Okay, it's a stepping stone. I mean, it's it's in the the right direction. Surely, it's a good update. This one. And coming after the recent other um, Microsoft updates, which I'm desperately trying to remember what they were, it's cool. I think Microsoft are really, again, they're doing great work. <laughs> I love the way you say, oh, yeah, it was, it was equally as good as the last one I can't remember. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm still thinking, <laughs> come on, you two, help me out. What was the last update that they brought out? For what? For seeing AI? No, it was something. Oh, let me look it up. Carry on. For Soundscape? That we just talked about Soundscape, last week. Yeah. That's it. Soundscape. Bose AR frames? Yeah. Yes, the Bose AR frames, that massive. We talked news. about it last week. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. yes, but they're. Hang on, hang on. We only talked about it last week. There was an article written about it. By me. Um, <laughs> by you. Um, yes. <laughs> I guess I guess we ask too much to. Yep. <laughs> Look, I've got a lot on. I can't week. remember everything. But what I'm saying is, you've got two big updates there to Microsoft apps. And I, I just think they're doing really well. You can't knock it, you can't say it's not enough languages. I'm not knocking it. Yes, it's, you are. It's good news, of course. It's well, but, but it's only it's a, <laughs> it is a good update, of course it is. And I, I will say for for anybody who speaks multiple languages, of course, as many Canadians do, speak French and English. That's really important. Um, I just think five languages feels a bit. I, you know, it's this is um, synthetic speech, so you know you'd think we'd be further ahead with with language on that. I could understand if it was, you know, okay, we haven't made your talking book in eight hundred languages yet. Because uh, we haven't got all the narrators in the same room yet. I can understand that. But this is technology. It's already there. Just flick a switch and you've got whatever language you want to speak, surely. Just flick a switch. There you go, developers yeah. and programmers. Um, just flick a switch and make it work. Yeah. Just make it work. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite that easy. It's not a case of just adding a <laughs> language pack to a TTS. This is also the OCR, don't forget. It's got recognised different languages. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not as easy as that. Thanks for that, Sean. Thanks. Thanks for the update on that one. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure which one of you had the more technical insight there. Wow. I, I think neither no. is probably the case. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, look, um, that's, I know there's also some news about iOS 13.3. That's a new update that you'll be getting notes about um, on the iPhone. Uh, yeah, th there are a few annoying things, and they don't appear to have all been fixed either, which is quite annoying. Uh, for example, when you get an email or a text, actually, I think, for any notification, if, it, if it's coming down from the top of the screen, it just doesn't go away. And not only that, it'll just keep reading it every so often as well. You can't get rid of it, and that hasn't changed, has it? Well, you can get rid of it, but you have to either, if you're using VoiceOver, do a three-finger swipe up when it's selected, and that will dismiss it, or you can just do a one-finger swipe up or down, find dismiss, and double-tap on it. But that's the problem, is you can do that in settings before iOS 13. You could choose to have it pop up as a banner that was stable on the screen like that, or static on the screen, but now it just seems to want to do it with 
any app or randomly with different apps. And that's frustrating because you get a bunch of them that pile up when you dismiss one, say five minutes later, you don't you know catch it for a few minutes. Anything that came in after that all of a sudden pops up in a flurry and then you miss things. And it's just, it's very frustrating. Supposedly with 13.3, some of that has been fixed. Some people report that it's fine. Some people are reporting that it's still somewhat of an issue. So that's not been completely fixed yet. But the one that I, I was really getting frustrated with was the focus in the mail app, the native Apple Mail app, no matter where you were, if you deleted something or, or, or moved through the, the different messages in your, your email, the focus after you would say delete a message could just be random. It would just pop you on not necessarily the next one down, but maybe the top of the list or somewhere in the middle. And now it actually does properly shuffle things upward if you delete and the next one in the list comes up. And that, that focus is so much easier mm. uh, and so much better than having it just pop wherever it wants to go. Now, Sean, I know you checked through the list as well. Anything that's stood out for you? Because I know you use Android now, which um, obviously has a ton of its own problems. Um, no problems but, uh... whatsoever. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> yes. So. Uh, anything stand out for you? Well, to be honest, what stood out for me the most was the inconsistency. Going back to the notifications, what you said. I mean, I read the Apple Viz article, and they did say, you know, two out of three people said that it was fine and fixed, and the other person said, no, it isn't fixed. Also, with the uh, tone, the sound it makes when you uh, unlock your phone with Face ID, again, some people saying, yep, yeah, it's always doing that noise now, and other people are saying, no, it's still broken. So it's still slightly odd. The The big issue seems to be that misspelled words item in the rotor. Um, it seems to be really annoying people. Now, obviously, I haven't used iOS with this, so I haven't noticed this. But apparently, this really infuriates people. Well, yeah, because the misspelled words feature or function, whatever, in the rotor, it, it's kind of the default spot seemingly so if you go to safari or or most anywhere else you go to use the rotor you would expect that you're going to be the first thing that you have assigned so if you've assigned headings or words or whatever the first thing in the rotor would be assigned to be that's what you expect that you're going to turn the rotor and find and you get stuck on this misspelled words thing and you can choose to have that in there or not but with this uh you know recent update supposedly it takes it out but prior to this it would just be there no matter where you were, no matter if you wanted it in there or not. And it just would can be stuck as the default. And so that would be very frustrating. Hang on. When you say stuck, I mean, you could rotate past it, I'm guessing. You could rotate past it, but it was one of those things where if you're familiar enough with what you've added to the rotor, the order of things you have in the rotor, first of all, when you go to the rotor, it was the first thing that would pop up as opposed to what should be the first thing. Yeah. And, and then if you're rotating through... You say, you know, say you're going to the left, you expect to go from, I don't know, headings to to characters or something. Well, you've got misspelled words stuck in the middle of that number one position. And so a lot of people, you know, you have that muscle memory. You twist once or twice, you know, to, with the rotor to what you think you want or what you know should be there. And you go to double tap because you know that's what it is. You go to swipe because that's what you expect it to do. And then you're like, oh, no, misspelled words. Okay, that's not what I wanted. And so it just, it, it it gets in the way of that muscle memory, and I think that's where people are frustrated. Right, but hopefully that's been fixed in this latest update. That's what they're saying. Okay, well, we shall uh, find out. But you're right about the muscle memory thing. I mean, you know, that that's crucial to all of us. It's interesting how well you get to know things. Almost yes. almost kind of in a weird way, you can sort of tell a website's design or what's coming next in it. You know, even though you don't mean to, it just kind of happens that way. It's, it's incredible. Um, it's like on my iPhone 7 on my passcode, I touch the numbers when I go to unlock my phone after a restart. I go immediately to the numbers. My muscle memory has gotten to the point where I put my finger down right on the number and I don't yeah. have to slide the find <gasps> it or flick the find like it. Daredevil. I just know where they That's are. Amazing. I am like Daredevil. I, I shock Sean because I can still type, touch type on the iPhone with the screen no, cut on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can. No, you That's can. That's a little trickier. I haven't seen you do that, so I do not believe you. <laughs> But you I think seen much of anything. I think that's, well. I'm not telling you what I'm typing. I mean, who knows? Utter garbage. But I can type on it. I mean, I think the thing is, I've obviously. For- well, wait. If that's your standard, well, sure, I can too. I can turn off voiceover, <laughs> or screen curtain, and and just type. Wow, sure, anybody can do you that. You make Tim angry. I don't, I don't, no, I'm not angry. I'm just here. making a point. But no, honestly, I can type because. I think it's for years I've just never really or clearly been able to see it at all. But I thought I had. 
Uh, so, you know, all I've been doing is, as long as, the weird thing is I have to look at the screen. I've got to look at it. Sound. This is the most but, ridiculous thing it is I've ever heard. Unbelievable. It is. I'll, I'll do it. We'll do it one day. All we'll right. Do it on the, we'll do it on the TV so show. Looking at the we'll, screen, we'll you can the type so you can whatever you want, and it can be rubbish, but you can type it. Okay. Well, well done. No, no he's saying he can type proper no, no, sentences. I can type properly. Actually, I, I, do, I do a lot of my emails that way. I do a lot of my texts okay. that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that actually explains no, some of the messages I get, but okay. I'll believe you. <laughs> Right, shall we right, get... Moving on. Yeah, let's get to some emails, <laughs> shall we? Because uh, we've got so many emails in. Now, look, we've uh, drafted in some help this week uh, because, uh, you know what? My eyes are tired and done. Uh, and oh. uh, I think, you know... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. And, um, yeah, I, I just can't do it anymore. So, uh, for that reason, we've brought in... You know, we were thinking about this. Who do we bring in to be our pair of eyes who can sort of come on the show on a regular basis and we don't have to give them any money mm. uh, who can we who can we do this who can we get and we thought of course Mark Aflalo from Double Tap TV it all makes sense now hi Mark hey guys right that's enough lines for you uh, <laughs> get on with it what's the first email okay here's your first email it's from Luke Sam Soden hi Stephen Sean and Tim loving the show as always in response to your topic about whether a carrot or stick approach would work to getting companies to improve their accessibility, I love the idea of a business being penalized and someone checking back to see that they still have great accessibility, as I think even though somewhere might have good accessibility one day, it might not have it the next. I also agree that you have to give them some resources to help them because, unfortunately, most companies won't know how to fix their accessibility unless we teach them how to. As a side note, I've been running a little project of my own by leaving comments on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram posts of companies that don't use alt text in their social media posts. Most have no idea what I'm talking about until I direct them to a lengthy blog post that I wrote about what alt text is and how to use it. Most businesses have received my comments really well, with one going back weeks to add descriptions to all their posts. They do occasionally forget, but all I have to do is leave a comment telling them that they have forgot, and they'll add it within a matter of minutes. Keep up the great show. Kind regards. Luke Sam Soden. Okay, thanks for that, Luke. And, and Mark, thank you for reading it. Uh, Luke, let's get to another email. Uh, really interesting points you make there, Luke. And I'm sure we could talk about them for hours. But let's move on to some, another email because we've got so many here. Uh, okay, what... Uh, oh, well, of course, I'm about to read it. But, of course, we have Mark for that. Mark, could you read this email, please? Another email? Okay. Here's one from Billy Burl. Hi, Stephen, Sean, and Tim. Just a quick message to ask Tim about the charging dock you mentioned a little while ago. It was one which would charge both his iPhone and Apple Watch, and I was wondering if you could tell me the make and model so I could check it out. Ideally, I'd like one that will also charge AirPods, as I'm hoping Santa Claus is going to bring me some, but we'll have to wait and see. I did DM Tim twice on Twitter to ask the same question, but at the time of writing this, I have had no reply. It probably would have been quicker if I had swarmed over the pond and posted the handwritten question through his door. Never mind, though. I'm sure we'll get there in the end. Keep up the good work with all the show and the podcast. Best wishes, Billy Burl. Okay, thanks, Billy. Oh, dear, Tim. Tim what have you done? Uh, apparently, I've not done enough. <laughs> I am so sorry, Billy. Well, see, he had gotten in touch with me at one point about a charging mat that I had mentioned on uh, on the show for my uh, iPhone and Apple Watch. And then he realized it wasn't a charging mat. And we were talking about that. And then I hate to admit it, but yes, about three weeks ago or so, he asked me again and said, okay, I realized it wasn't a charging mat. It was like a docking station. Okay. What was that? And then I just never got back to him. Now, part of Ooh. that uh, was, I mean, there are some reasons, but w I know that that really nah, doesn't nah, look, Don't start all this with no time. Just get to the, what is it? I know, I know, I know. It's made by Belkin, so it is a two-in-one. Mm. On the left side, you've got a spot where you can plug in your iPhone. You just plug it in. It sits upright in, in like a cradle, uh, plugs into a lightning port. And then on the right side, there's this piece that sticks out where you can put your watch. And actually, it's nice if you have some vision because the watch is upright and, and facing out, so you could almost have it as like you know a clock basically at your at your table you know on your table or something so it is made by belkin and uh just look up you know belkin iphone apple watch charging dock on amazon or wherever you buy things and you should be able to I'll find i'll be honest it. though i mean you know and i know what you were actually going to say because we did have this conversation because your wife got it for you so you didn't know the brand and interestingly 
I'll yep. be honest with these devices. I tend not to know the brands either. I bought one. Uh, my wife loved it. I, I got one, which was you kind of wrap the Apple Watch around it. So it's like that. It's a little clock face. And it's got a wireless charger on top, uh, just fabric. And you can just put your phone on top of it at night, charges that and the watch. And it's really good. But I, I couldn't even tell you what the brand was. I got it from a shop. There you go. Uh, anyway. <sighs> Amateurs. Yeah, I thought it was actually Apple branded it, you know, specifically yeah. Apple, and then I found out no, it's actually Belkin. But yeah, I had I had no idea who made it. I just know it works nicely. Shall we uh, go to the phones because I do believe we have a voicemail. Hello, it's been on with you from the UK again. Basically, I've got a Chromebook from um, Google Pixel Office. I got this as a reward for getting my Pixel Four phone from Google Store. It's a good Chromebook, but uh, when I try to open apps that I downloaded from the Play Store, like WhatsApp or Gmail, Chromebox becomes very unresponsive. Chromebox you know, crashes, and it doesn't. when I've tried to press tab key or search and right or left swipe, it just doesn't I mean, respond. After you turn off what uh, Chromebox, turn it on again. Maybe I get some uh, you know, status as well. So I just want to ask you, it's a good processor. It's an HP Chromebook 14. Uh, 0003 November Alpha. It's fine when it's in the uh, Chrome browser. It's very fast. It's very breezy there. But when it's in the, an actual app, it just comes very with the But is that normal for a Chromebook? Range on show. Thank you so much for your uh, voicemail there, Bilal. Um, we'll give you the phone number at the end, so if you want to leave your own voicemail uh, for us, you can do that. Uh, the short answer is, Bilal, yes, that is unfortunately the experience. Um, I've had my fun with Chromebooks had my fun with Chromebooks. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been fun. Uh, the device itself is fairly responsive when you use web browser, when you use Chrome, of course, which is what it's designed to do. But it's those third-party apps that are still not right. And uh, Chromevox doesn't play well with all of them. Um, and I've had exactly that experience. And I was using a Pixelbook, uh, which uh, at the time I was using it was the top device. You know, you couldn't get any better in terms of processor and all that. And it's still would crash with the apps. The web applications, though, if they work for you, that's the way to go, would be my advice. Um, look, we're almost out of time, guys. We didn't get to Chirp. Do you want to just quickly mention it, Sean? Uh, this is the Twitter app that you can use on your watch. Do you want to mention it just briefly? Well, obviously, I would love to because I did do deep, deep research on it. But no, I don't think we've got time <laughs> to go into it because although I think it's a, a fantastic app and a great application for the Apple Watch, I have found it to be slightly buggy. Slightly buggy? Really? And you did deep yes. investigative yes, research? Tim, I did. Oh, Why? dear. Oh, oh. I'm I don't know. sensing a oh. bit. Of a fight happening. Well, definitely next it. week then. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, all right. It is we'll on. Save it for next week. All right, okay. We'll start with that next week, we promise. Uh, so just let's go through the ways uh, people can contact us because it's so important uh, that you keep your emails coming in to us. If you want to ask us questions as well, you can do that on Twitter. Uh, we are at Double Tap Canada. Sean, how can people email the show? You can email us feedback at ami.ca. And Tim, if someone wants to call in, you are the man who has a phone number. I am. It is 866-509-4545. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you, guys. Thank you for listening, as always. We will catch you again on next week's Double Tap Canada. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.